where lust for a whole life and nothing but less makes people jump out of a comfortable pond into an unknown ocean. Welcome to that journey between the East and the West. Who says Rolling Stones don't gather moss? Hello everyone, I am Meenu Gupta, your host for the day, and I'm delighted to have you join me every week as amazing people share their incredible and inspiring life stories of straddling continents. Thank you. So I learned to take on things I have not done before. Growth and comfort do not coexist. This is not my quote. This is a quote written on Juliana, my guest's LinkedIn profile. But, uh, let me welcome her first, Juliana Fromta. Thank you very much for joining me today. And Juliana is a program lead of EU India you know, Center. And she's also the ambassador of GINSEP, which is a German-Indian startup exchange program. So without much ado, Juliana, we leap in. My understanding is this. You call yourself a power connector. Mm-hmm. How and why? I think it's something that I bring to other people. And I discovered this actually when I was still in my sales career, that I have a certain way of listening to what people say. And I may not entirely remember everything they explain to me, etc., but I pick on what they may need. And if I find somebody else who's like complementary to that, and that can be on multiple layers, that can be very practical things, but sometimes it's also the way people speak or vibe or whatsoever. So there is an element of if you bring those people together, this is more than two people, like one plus one, then makes three or four or whatever like they can create from it. But I've gotten this feedback very early on when I started doing sales that I have a talent for for this and people came back to me with very happy faces after I introduced them to each other. So I think that's the the essence of me becoming that. And yeah, so this is kind of has become part of the way I, I facilitate. Lovely. I'm so glad you found your sweet spot in life. That is in one word. And then you also call yourself an intercultural bridge builder and community builder. The question then comes, when you say intercultural bridge builder, so what do you consider as a definition of culture? When we talk about culture, what are people feeling comfortable with? What is that they thrive in? I would say it's a very fluid thing. It's no real constant. Even if you ask me about German culture, it's probably a very different thing if I talk to my grandmother or my younger cousin, right? They would tell me very different things about what culture in Germany may mean for them. And I think even more so in India, we have a lot of diversity in, in culture. And one part of the work that I do or the life I live is to make people understand each other a little bit more easy kind of interpretation even though most of the work that I do is in English what we often observe is that even when two people speak English sometimes don't meet language wise so my job includes to help them decipher this and make sense of each other and point them if I have the feeling they don't speak the same words 
So to avoid misunderstanding or to redirect the conversation to into something more productive or positive. And culture comes in when we don't say things, when they are implied. If context is, you expect the other person to understand context. But now, if I, if I come from a very different context, my context won't allow me to fully understand. So then my role is to kind of break that open and make both sides understand. Or oh, this is the pretext for what this person said. So then the other person also can have a better sense of, oh, now I understand where this is going or where you're coming from, etc. So in a way, you are better able to interpret the non-said, non-verbals as well. How long have you been interacting with uh, India and Indians? So, Because obviously you consider yourself an expert. So how long has your journey been with India? Yeah, I've started this in 2015-16. I had prior exposure to Indians, but not on that same regular basis. And I would also say... This was still from Germany talking maybe on conference calls and things like that. And they look very different from conference calls today. So I think once you really spend time in the country, you pick up on a lot of things that you wouldn't otherwise. I'll give you one example that is the most common one that I see specifically with Germany and India. And that is time. It's a very, very different concept. So if you even get into a conference call, People may not come or may come late. Germans feel very easily offended by not appreciating someone's time and that they made themselves available. And there's very strict ideas about how that needs to look like and that you have to come not more than five minutes late. And even that for some is already challenging, right? But once you lived in India, you understand what on a daily basis people maybe going through to even make it to the meeting. Traffic may be late, things, other emergencies may happen that are not totally out of your control. So that flexibility is naturally built into everyone's schedule in India and nobody's getting offended when you're late. So not understanding each other's context and where those differences may come from automatically leads to friction, right? And so we're trying to kind of unbury these things and make people understand, look, this is why it's happening. Get used to it. You won't change it, right? Nobody's adjusting to what you find normal, like the whole idea of what what is normal, I think is something that we try to put across as well. And oftentimes those happens in like micro interactions, like in very small elements, So we spend extra time with our startup participants, for example, to elaborate when we observe things that happen in conversations to really enable them to pick up on these cues later on by themselves. That time thing, I learned that uh, fairly though, though I had been straddling continents for a long time. And like you, when you said being on a conference call is one thing, something different. So I was been shuttling back and forth from Europe and including Germany for many years. Probably my first visit was in 95, but my living started in 2011, right? And I remember then, and though, of course, I understand meetings are on time and so on, but my clients were generally Italians, you know, Spanish government. And again, the concept of time there is also very different, right? 15 minutes or even 20 minutes can be quaffed away with a cup of coffee and another story they might tell about the family. They are the ones who might be late, actually. 
And it's a Mediterranean culture, I think. In Germany, I learned it hard when dentist told me, listen, I'm going to charge you 250 euro next time if you turn up late. And I was trying to tell him, listen, I'm a new bee in the city. I've taken a taxi, which I didn't know. I mean, at that time, I was not looking at Google to see how long it would take. I assumed half an hour. I didn't know it will take 40 minutes. Uh, it came through city traffic. He looked at me and he wondered from where she landed up. So I got excused a few times, but I, I learned a bit. And yes, it matters. For them, it's an offense. And now the tables are turned. It's me who gets, it's I. I get offended when somebody turns up like, 10 minutes late, the bell is not ringing. Why is that person late? Why don't I have information already? Yeah, but I, I think the fun part is that you keep catching yourself doing these things. I think that was that was really nice for me, that you also learn so many things about yourself, like how German you really are, maybe, or how Indian you have become. <laughs> you keep moving back and forth. Yes. Oh, yes. That happened with you as well, because it's like we are different avatars then. When we live in different countries, you have different avatars. There's one part of you which is Germanized. There's one part of you uh, which is... Would you say that there's one some part of you which is Indianized? We are definitely... And like my Indian friends tell me. <laughs> they are the first ones to tell me. And what would that be? I'm not sure they have anything specific. And mine, I think, is more the whole package. There's obviously my accent that people obviously recognize the funny part is it's been with me for like the longest time even when I was still like little when we would go on a vacation with my family I would pick up whatever like German accent they would speak in Austria or Italy or whatever and I used to live in Ireland for some time and I had a fantastic Irish accent for some time and it's not really in my control it's hap it happens very kind of naturally and now I speak to India every day or be there or whatever so whatever I think I can get rid of it I, I don't think it's going to be that easy <laughs> habits like people evolve from different countries we live in we adopt some and lose some there is always some attrition and some addition what we do carry with us through all the journey though is a deep sense of awareness objectivity and ability to laugh at times at our previous selves or present avatars. So we are on this journey between the East and the West in totality of the world. But when we talk of East and West of the world, there is also East and West right at home in Germany. And what does that mean for Germany? Or what did that mean before and what does it mean now? I, I wouldn't be able to say what it means in general terms. I think, though, that having lived in two different Germanys, or maybe three, <laughs> I lived uh, in the East until I was 19, and then I moved to the West, which I would say didn't have to go through much change. The part in Germany that really had, like, had to experience a lot of change was mostly the East, even in that merger of the two countries, right? So when I came to the West, it was culturally also very different to a, to a level that may be difficult to perceive and on so many different layers. I think that was my first culture shock. <laughs> yeah. 
in life and that happened within my own country then right and it, and we were like 10 years into the experience of a united germany and still it felt like very very different can you tell us in a few things how i think so first part is language again yeah people were speaking a different very different kind of dialect i was speaking whatever nuance of dialect that i would bring And it was very obvious for people where I was coming from. It was clear, I'm not coming from that region and I come from the east of Germany. And there was a good level of hostility still there that you had to deal with on a daily basis. I didn't really understand back then. I still find that a very difficult thing to experience or observe if it happens anywhere in the world. That people from even close proximity or like two different states in a country and then it happens across the world it's not specific to germany but how people can be so hostile based on where they're coming from and that they're just a bit different from oneself back then i think i, I really had trouble dealing with it uh, today i can look at this more from a growth perspective and what you learn and building your resilience etc but at the time i was you know just coming out of being a teenager that was definitely something different to experience there was also circumstance where a lot of my peers and myself we had to move uh, i come from the most eastern city of germany it's on the polish border the small part of the city that is now polish or has been polish for since ever since world war 2 and unemployment was ridiculous in all of the 90s, like beyond 30, 35%, like really bad. So most uh, folks from my age, they would move, move away for opportunity. It, so it was very common, but it also meant that you're disconnecting from your roots very early. You're disconnecting from whatever you know, from your friends, from the circle that is around you. And I would say it is it wasn't as common when I was when I was moving to the west everybody was from there so they didn't have that pressure to move like they could but they didn't have to and I think that makes a lot of things different uh, on that as well Stuttgart I, like that's where I went is a very rich potent ecosystem like a very potent city has been is still with all the industry that was going on so there was a very new environment to then grow up to a large degree as well and uh, but i think from today's perspective all these experiences also allow me to have a like like a vast portfolio of like expression of nuance picking up on people's like feelings and intentions and moving through them with with more understanding so i think it's is a huge part of like how i move through life and um, with everything that's going on in the world now i think it does help put perspective on things and you know keep going back to what history can teach us about about how the world moves that's interesting actually because uh, considering that east and west worst germany would still eastern west of germany one mentally would not have thought of it um, beyond a dialect difference so much the hostility part is interesting but then i also understand that the learning sensitized you i gather and and opened you to appreciate other people's 
challenges as well when you, you interact across borders. Am I correct? Yeah, and I would say to a large degree, most of that has luckily vanished nowadays. So I experience the Germany today very different. That's really nice to see. But it also tells you that a couple of years is nothing in the larger scheme of history. For things to change, it takes 20, 30 years for things to kind of stabilize around a certain thing. Before you ever went to India, what was the image you had in your mind if I said the word India? Probably very much what most people think. A little bit crazy, a little bit too much of everything, very colorful. Technology was there. I think that was kind of clear, but depth, the nuance, I don't think that was very clear to me. And I, I would still think or like say that it is really difficult, like beyond all these things, right? But if you want to explain India to people in words, we can try. But I always say, if you really want to understand this country, you you have to go, you have to experience it. I would even say I have a bit of a spiritual way of thinking about it. You have to, if you want to get used to it, you have to feel it. You need to embody it to adjust to it. I don't think that's in any way possible through words or through even pictures, video, all of that is just not happening. You need time and you need um, exposure for your system to make sense of it. Some sense, (laughs) not all sense, but some sense. (laughs) so first did you visit or do you knew it was for work that you are going or it was just as a traveler so even my first visit was kind of for work so I was uh, starting to advise some students here from that were studying in Berlin and they got some exposure to design thinking and thought about like how can we make more people in India aware of design thinking and Yeah, so I it was advising them a bit on how to go about it, what to investigate, etc. And eventually they decided to kind of run a start kind of a startup event where design thinking was kind of at the core and they would give some classes to people, etc. So that was in 2015, right? That was in early 2016. So I came before we actually did this this event ourselves. I came once to experience another event, uh, like as a playground, as a study, to see how how all of that worked. That was my first visit. That was probably like 10 days or so. So the first time when you visited, did your images get corroborated or you had some more or they were different? No, I think whatever you can imagine is true. And then there's a lot of other things that are also true that may be contradictory or different for example yeah like i think the way people live is like what you'd expect but also everything that you you wouldn't expect i think in a sense germany seems a lot more homogenic and more there's a certain average lifestyle that applies to most people whereas in india i always feel there's a lot more nuance to how people live in so many different ways. May it be religion, socioeconomic status, education, 
spiritual practices, the work they do, how they engage with the work, being more open or being more closed. Like there are so many, so many levels and they all exist at the same time. So if you're coming in as a newbie into this culture, it's sometimes like you really need to go for that individual that in that's in front of you. And I think as Germans, we are fairly good with like one-on-one interaction. But in India, you have to do this with 20 people at the same time and understand each and everyone's nuance because there's just a lot more exposure in terms of, in terms of like how many people are participating, let's say in an event or in any other function or experience. You're getting on the bus or on the train. There's a lot more people than you may be used to. You consistently have to feel into the vibe what's going on around you and what's adequate and what's not adequate, etc. A lot more needs to be paid attention to for you to operate. And it's demanding on your psyche and on your it's physically demanding if if like what you know is like arm's length with people and suddenly people are here. Right? Like your system needs to start like operating on new norms and that takes time. Yeah, and it has so many layers which are difficult. People are used to one layer, the society. Each strata of society is also multi-layered, which is not visible to the surface, to a person coming there. The bigger challenge is you can't understand it with your mind. You cannot go and explain everything. You have to feel into it and be with it kind of a thing. Like it's... It requires a very different way of being. Yes, I think you've got that very right. And I'm so glad that therefore you can call yourself um, an intercultural. I always have that thing at the back when I say somebody's calling themselves. So now I know that you've done that because you are still striving to understand them. It's fairly clear you've got the diff. Okay, this is not what it appears to be. Most important, you've got that. And yes. It's very interesting you said it cannot India cannot be described in words. What I gather from your statement is also it cannot be understood as an observer. You have to understand it only as an experiencer. India cannot be just observed. It has to be experienced to be understood to some degree. Juliana found nuances of interaction and many layers of lifestyles in India. something which she learned over a period of time but who is yuliana herself beyond the multiple labels used to describe her as a person very much i just wanted to add one thing to the labels for me like i don't really own these labels they are there for because it helps describe to people what i do and what i excel at and so on but i i don't have much otherwise appreciation for any labels now i'm glad you said that because there is a question which i always ask my guests which i didn't if i remove all the labels that society gives you give to yourself who are you then in one line ultimately i i really try to remind myself to just be and be with what's there in the moment and i think there is no better playground than india to come to that realization that whatever labels you're putting on is you know there's not much worth in it 
because ultimately you have to deal with whatever life throws at you and you have to deal with the situation. So if I need to be something else in five minutes, then I better be that and live up to it. That's why I'm, I don't have much. And, and our society at the moment is like obsessed with labels. I find it a bit ridiculous. You know, I, I think you're much better off if you, if you can remove most of them. So I think my work is more like getting rid of any such labels rather than thinking about who I am. I'd be someone else tomorrow. So what's the use? I'm glad to see you go beyond layers. Before we sign off, is there something um, between the East and the West and the movement that we have and based on our conversation, we've had a little in depth, a little more beyond layers. We've had that conversation. Is there something you would like to leave the audience with based on your experience? Look, I, I strongly believe that India will play a much bigger role in the future of all of us. Um, not to say humanity, but yes, that too. And I wish for everybody to, you know, experience what I've experienced and to embrace it. I think there's a lot of beauty in it and some of it can be terrifying at first, but there's this analogy that probably many of my friends and colleagues have heard me say, but if you engage with India, there's only two options for you, and I don't recommend one of them. You can either sit on the sidelines and and watch the stream, because India is like tumultuous, and this is maybe, makes it look dangerous at times. So you can either sit on the sidelines and watch the party going, or you can jump into the stream and participate, but it has a level of letting go of, of control. But it also allows a lot of things to unfold that you can't really predict beforehand. So it's kind of an invitation to embrace what it has to offer. And I think you get a lot of things back in return. And that's a nice way to put it. And I, I do agree because uh, even that many years ago, I used to tell um, the European companies that uh, this is a market when you you don't go there looking for short term profits this is the market where you put a seed in and you you will wait you will see whatever the flowering happened it's a long-term market and you have to be there with your own presence or that entity being there and then you know that your fruits are going to happen you can't connect like this and something nice is coming out of this no you have to be there so in effect what you said dive in no, not just feel the water, dive into the ocean and then you are there. And your journey is still on. And I wish you all the best. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Mino. My dear listeners, is Juliana, a hustler, a power connector and an intercultural bridge builder, yet very aware of what lies beneath these labels. Juliana, who witnessed and lived through the Eastern and the Western divide in Germany, had an early start in understanding people with different attitudes and ways of being, something which served her quite well in what destiny later put on her plate. What do you think? Do you agree or disagree with Juliana? Write in with your views. Do remember, Between the East and the West is a global conversation that includes you as listeners. Thank you for listening to the series Between the East 
and the west do subscribe to the channels mentioned on the site in case of course you liked what you heard i am meenu gupta the host of the series and i'll be looking forward to your comments we love feedback thank you once again namaste and bye bye